there's been a seismic shift in how advisors interact with prospects and clients. It's so big that the title of our guest's new book is Shift. How will the shift affect you and what are some of the tools and techniques you'll need? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health a captive insurance arrangement that helps small and mid-market companies escape the fully insured marketplace and delivers stability, control, and savings without watering down employees' benefits or increasing their premium share. If you have clients in the educational institution or the engineering vertical, go to our website at CaptivatedHealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Jeremiah Demaray. Now, Jeremiah is an old friend of mine. I won't tell you how old because it'll date both of us. But he has a dynamite, no snickering yet. He has a dynamite book out that should be on your reading list if you want to increase your sales without overcomplicating your universe. The book is called Shift, and it's a simple title, but it reflects a unique gift that I've always known Jeremiah's had over all of these years that we've known each other. He's a master at taking complicated stuff and removing the BS and making it all simple and getting right down to the meat of it. So with that, welcome, Jeremiah. Thank you so much, David. It's an honor to be here. So let's level set. What is a shift? So the shift that I'm specifically referring to is the one in the industry we all know and love, insurance and financial services. And what I've been observing over the past 16 years of being in the business is there is a seismic shift in the way that agents and advisors interact with consumers, whether that be a CEO who's looking for a better group benefits plan, or it could be a couple who's looking for a better option in their Medicare. There's a shift in the way that they want to interact with folks. And that's specifically what I address in the book is the digital shift. And I don't think anybody would call it speaking out of school by saying that in our industry, we're typically anywhere from five to 10 years behind the rest of the world in implementing what new technologies are there. And that's either due to compliance getting in the way for the whole industry to take notice and start acting. So the message of shift is the shift from traditional old school strategies of getting qualified appointments, interacting, building engagement, building a brand to market and sell and serve to the insurance and financial services market to the new way of digital. Now, I, I know what you mean when you use the word shift and when you use the word serve, but I want to I hone in on serve because I think it's a, a theme that goes all the way through the book, and you've given a ton to the industry, but you talk about the theory of reciprocity, and maybe that's a good baseline for the rest of our conversation. Would you explain to our listeners what you mean by that and how, how it gets applied and why it's important? Yeah, the theory of reciprocity comes from a study of psychology, specifically Robert Caldini, who studied the impact that doing good has without any intent of receiving anything back. 
on the part of the giver and what impact that has on the receiver. And the law of reciprocity is quite simple, is when you have somebody that continues to give value to you, whether in your personal life or in your professional life, inevitably the way that we humans are wired in our minds and hearts is we want to give back to that person. I mean, the best illustration I can think of is, have you ever known somebody, and I think most people know at least one person in their life like this, that they are just selfless givers, right? It could be somebody in your family, it could be an aunt, an uncle, could be a friend at work, and they just love to give, right? They're bringing you muffins, they're giving you tips, they're referring you to people. And after a certain point, you're like, wait, 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 you know, just stop because we have such a feeling of indebtedness to that person. It's like we can't take it anymore. Right? We all know people like that. And what we're experiencing in our bodies and in our minds is that theory of reciprocity. We're like, okay, I cannot keep accepting things from you until I do something back for you. Well, in the sense of marketing and how you serve your in- industry or your niche or your city or your community, that's really the core baseline principle that I learned years and years ago. In fact, my father taught it to me on why you should always lead by giving to people first. And that really has its applications in marketing, which I know we're going to talk about some other cool things you can do in marketing to do that. But that is as its core is how you build reciprocities. You give so much value. So in the end, people feel like they have to do business for you. And it's not manipulative if you're truly doing it from a place of service and you really want to honor and serve the industry. You know, one of my mentors, Jay Abraham, taught me that to treat every relationship in such a way that you will continue to give value because you know that at some point there will be money changed hands. And he's referring specifically to a business relationship there where even if the person's not a client, you will serve them, you will add value to them, you will give them things because you know that somewhere, somewhere down the road, you're going to get together and you will do business together. And, and that's really the core principle of service and using it as part of the shift. Yeah. A lot of us in the insurance business, I remember learned that from a Zig Ziglar saying where he said, you know, you get what you want in life by helping other people get what they want. And I, I think that's really, really true. Let's dive into this a little bit and let's start with something that kind of bridges the old way that you, you mentioned and the new way, and that is email. What's the problem with email? <laughs> the problem with email is we use it like we're still writing letters on a typewriter and then putting them in a fax machine or we're putting them in an envelope and, sell- and sending it to them. And, you know, it's not really anybody's fault. It's more that we've been trained from school to, and if we were doing business in the 70s, 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, we were communicating with long form letters. So psychologically, Whenever we sit down to sit at a keyboard, all of those old patterns are still there of writing emails the way that, you know, we used to write formal letters. And with the inundation of emails today, I'm sure you would agree that it's really hard to keep up with all of the, one, keep up with all the emails, and number two, keep up with all the things that people are trying to tell you in an email. So the big problem is too much content and many times too many calls to action. Right. And specifically, if we're call, you know, discussing this in a business setting where, you know, you're sending an email because you want to get a reaction, you really have to simplify your call to action. And if you notice, Dave, that most of the emails today that you're probably more likely to reply to look closer to text messages than they do actual emails. 
right? Meaning they're very short. They get to the point. They ask a very specific question. Well, and one of the examples that I know you teach and you talk about a lot is a nine word email. And I think for a lot of people, that's just going to spin their heads around. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the nine word email was born out of a test in a different industry that we decided to test in the insurance and financial services space, where we take the person's name and we use that as the subject line. So in this case, if I was writing to you, you know, I would say Dave in the subject line. And by the way, that's very effective because the most beautiful word in the English language to anybody is their first name. Because <laughs> whenever somebody says it, it kind of catches our attention. The inside of the email is very simple. Again, we just repeat the name Dave. And then afterwards, we ask a very simple question. It's one line. It's one question. And it's nothing else. It's, do you still need help with your insurance? Now, if you sell, let's say, benefits, it could be group benefits. If you sell commercial lines with your commercial insurance, whatever it is that you market, that's what you put there. And then afterwards, all you do is you put your regular signature block. So that would be whatever it is that normally shows up when you fire an email out of Outlook or Gmail or whatever host you're using and nothing else. And there's a really profound psychology as to why that email has had such incredible results. I think I lost count after I get so many letters of people writing me on LinkedIn and sending me emails after trying it and, and what it did for them. And I think we're up to about a million dollars in commissions earned from that single one-line email where people load it in their database, they send it to all their prospects, and it goes out. Number one is it only asks a single question, which is a simple yes or no, right? So what this will do is it will shake the tree, as it were, of prospects that are in your database that might have at some point been interested, maybe they never bought from you, they never bought a policy, so what you can do is you can take all those prospects and you can instantly shake that tree and find out who is at the right time. I had a woman who used this who has a very successful commercial and benefits firm on the West Coast. And she sent this out only to two business-to-business prospects. These were people inside organizations. They had gone through their whole you know, quoting process and then they just went radio silent. And she says, you know what? What do we lose? Let's just try it out. So they sent it out to just two people. Within 90 days, they had reactivated those people and earned roughly a quarter million dollars in commissions just from those two. And I'm not saying anybody who uses this is going to make the same amount or have the same result, but it's incredible to see how that works when you apply when you apply the simple psychology of getting to the point inside emails. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects in the education and engineering verticals. The founders of Captivated Health have 35 years' experience working with healthcare and benefit clients, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems mid-market clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace. Until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems and does so with virtually no disruption to employees while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network 
so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to your education and engineering clients that you advise. To learn more about Captivated Health Solution, go to our website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on our logo on the Shift Shapers website. One of the things you mentioned was some cool marketing stuff, and there there's tons of marketing advice in the book. One of the topics that we hear a lot when we get emails after podcasts is, okay, that's really great, but how do I use that to differentiate myself as an advisor? There's so much noise in that channel. There's so many advisors going after so X number of clients in a geographic area. What are some simple things that benefit advisors can do to differentiate themselves? Sure. So in my book, I talk about a firm and I have all the screenshots in there of how they did it, where they took a simple video. They might have even taken a smartphone, but they took a video of each one of their advisors or people that work in their firm. And when you go to their company page where you get to meet the team, every single person has a headshot and you click on the head. So it's not just a headshot with a name, but you click on the headshot And then it goes to a small page just about that particular advisor or agent. And on that page is a video. And in that video, they do something very cool. They not only tell you a little bit about themselves, like why they got into the business and why they love what they do, but interesting things like what their favorite sports team is, what type of music they enjoy, what are their hobbies. They Sometimes they'll talk about their families or have a picture of their family. And what that does, Dave, is it psychologically drops barriers between people who are initially strangers, or you might look at the person as a salesperson. Now you see them more as a human. So that's one key way that people can differentiate themselves. You know, you do a lot of media. And of course, having the podcast, we're, we're sensitive to, to media and what you can do with it. And it's been a terrific medium for us and, and for our guests and our sponsors is media accessible to the average Joe advisor or Josephine advisor? <laughs> I like the Josephine advisor. Absolutely it is. So here's what I've learned. It's so easy to be overwhelmed by all of the various types of media you can participate in, right? You've got Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. It can be really overwhelming and can be something that causes more stress than adds more value to your business. What I've applied in my life and when I work with private clients, what I recommend is what is the media that your target audience, your community, your target demographic is engaging with the most? And if you only have time to engage with that media, then spend your time on that. It's much better to be very effective on LinkedIn, for example, for 30 minutes a day than it is to try to do five minutes on Twitter, then five on LinkedIn and five on Facebook and five on Snapchat and be not effective at all across all channels. Because the more you try to engage, the more people will expect engagement from you. And if you drop that off where at one time you're really engaged, then you're off, you're dead to them. I mean, we have attention spans of gnats, you know, down to the nanoseconds now. So I've learned that for the Joes and Josephines in the insurance space, For those that are in the business-to-business world like group benefits, LinkedIn is probably the single most profitable place you should be spending your time. I can remember I had a client who had spent, I think it was like $14,000 over the course of a year on a campaign to generate engaging content on various social media channels. And I put all that in air quotes because a lot of people don't even understand what that means, but they'll happily pay the money. 
and they got one lead in a whole year. Then I had another client, a much smaller company, who just invested 30 to 45 minutes a day sharing valuable content and using a specific outreach strategy, which I teach in the book. And within 45 days, he was meeting with one new CFO every single week, which if we were to poll our our group benefits audience here, I'm sure most of them would want to be doing that instead of just creating content that they hope people will find and like and share. You know, one of the things that I talk about when I'm on the road, and I know it's a passion of yours, is Harrow. And I, I'm, I'm always surprised at how many real live subject matter experts there are in our business and how few know about that. Could you spend a moment and, and chat about what that is and how an advisor can use that? Absolutely. So Harrow, short for help a reporter out, and you can just Google it, was a service started by someone in the PR trades who said, let me put together an email that goes out every day and my reporter friends can post in this email stories that they're working on and I'll send it out to everybody I know. And if you happen to be able to help out on the story, then you know, go ahead and reach out directly to these reporters. Well, this has just mushroomed today where reporters can post, they, and they do, there's every single day, two or three times a day, they will send an email out that has 20 or more reporter inquiries saying, do you know anybody, or I'm looking for somebody who has specialty in tax reform or specialty in insurance or financial services who can comment on this. And sometimes they'll tell you which publication they're part of. Sometimes they won't. You have to be kind of quick. It's free to get on their email list. But if you set a little alert when it comes in, you quickly scan it. Usually the people who are first in line are first to dine, meaning you're quick to get back to the reporter. You give them valuable information where you give them little sound bites they can easily copy and paste. I've had people get into US. We just got a guy, somebody who's part of my private program. We found it, we gave it to him and we showed him how to reply to the interview and he got on US News and World Report within 48 hours. We've had people get on Forbes and Fortune using that. But I'm going to give you a really cool hack. I don't talk about it in the book, but this is a reverse hack that you can use for Harrow. Most people don't know that you don't have to be an established publisher to get content out of Harrow. So you can actually, you yourself, Dave, can go to Harrow and say, okay, I'm looking for people who have knowledge in insurance marketing or insurance strategy to be a guest on my podcast or to provide me an article that I can add to my blog. And you would be blown away at the number of people who will write for free for you. And you could do that in any vertical. So there's a cool little bonus hack, we could call it, on how we can use Harrow not only to get ourselves in the media, but also how to use it to generate free, valuable content. As long as you cite the person and you quote where they're from, you can use them on blogs, on posts that you're sharing, use quotes in your webinars and so forth. A reverse hack, I like that. I'm still working on frontward hacks, but I'll have to practice my my reverse hack. That sounds really cool. Yeah, Harold's a great, great service. It was founded by a, a fellow I know named Peter Shankman. And you're right, he was in the PR business at the time. He's since gone on to, to do a lot of different things. One of the things, and we've got about three minutes left, one of the things that you talk about that I found intriguing in the book was the ability to do webinars, but again, not in the old way, in a newer, kind of more interesting way. Let's spend a minute or two chatting about that. Yeah, webinars are an effective way to do your presentation 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you put it on an automated platform. And there's some platforms that are available today where instead of just showing up to do a webinar and only having it live for that one hour and then having to block out another time to do it another hour, there are tools right now where people can go to go to a page that 
invites them to join a webinar happening at a specific time, but the webinar is pre-recorded. So what this allows you to do is to record a fantastic, really the best version of the webinar you could. You could invite special guests on, have people share testimonials, even do video. And when people log into that webinar, it feels like a live experience. You can even chat with them live through Skype integrations where it feels like it's live and you're answering their questions live, but your webinar can run really every hour on the hour, five days a week, even on weekends. And it's there as a 24-hour lead magnet. And you can then share that webinar to your audience, post it on the different social media channels where you participate in, and even have partners send it out on your behalf. So that's a really cool way to leverage your time and one of the most powerful presentation tools (laughs) out there. I like it. And there's, you know, we've just really scraped the surface of all of the really cool stuff is in the book. You know that we recommend books on the podcast from time to time. I put this one at the top of my list, not just because Jeremiah is an old dear friend and a great educator, but because if you buy this book and you don't find at least a couple of things in it that you can use, I would be shocked. And it's a very easy and approachable read. Jeremiah, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. And we'll link to the book in the show notes at shiftshapersonline.com. Thanks so much. It was an honor. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltzmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, You can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Shift Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the Shift Shapers to work in your business.